We welcome all who come to St. Anne's today on this beautiful Sunday, the second Sunday of Lent, and to those who join us by way of live stream in communion of bonds of charity and prayer, united together in prayer before the Lord this day. I have a confession to make. It's Lent, that's what we do. I have an obsessive compulsive addiction. I don't like leaves. I like those leaves to go away. And I'm addicted to making things clean and beautiful. Because I love you, yes. Because I love St. Anne's, yes. But because I can get three rosaries out of it as I'm blowing leaves and sweeping and doing chores. It keeps me busy. It's an addiction of some sort. We all have them, I suppose, in various forms, some more, some less. But part of that is control. Addictions are all about fundamentally control or the illusion that I'm in control. Here I was trying to blow those leaves yesterday against the wind and I got so angry. Why are they blowing at me? Make them go to, over to American University. <laughs> I did that this morning. And then cleaned up their side too. Here's Peter in today's gospel. He's trying to be in control. Lord, it is good that we are here. It's beautiful. Mount Tabor, it is one of the most spectacular mountains. It's a plain on top of a mountain overlooking vast plains below. And if you've ever gone there, you just say, oh, this was the transfiguration where Peter, James, and John beheld Jesus. You don't want to leave that place. Or think about the most beautiful places you've been. Those special places. And those special people. The ones you love. It's beautiful that we are here. I don't want to leave. And yet, while we're not told this in today's gospel, what follows quickly after the transfiguration, they come down the mountain and Jesus says to the apostles, look, I know that was wonderful. I know you had a good time, but it's time to move on to Jerusalem. And Peter says, no, Lord, no, 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 no. That can't happen because that's a bad place for you. They're going to crucify you there. You can't go there, and we're going to stay right here. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, to Peter. You're not thinking right, Peter. You're not thinking. You haven't figured it out yet, Peter, have you? But the Son of Man has come in his glory, not on a mountain, 
but eventually on a cross, another mount, Mount Calvary. Much smaller, less beautiful in the eyes of the world. But our Lord is going to Jerusalem and that's gonna be the mission. The mission that is possible to bring about our salvation. And Peter and the others are saying, no, no, we want to control that. We're not gonna let you get into trouble that way. We want it on our terms, Lord. See, that control piece, it's kind of an addiction. My way, it's gotta be my way. And my opinion is always right. And you can't tell me otherwise. I know, and you don't. Now, if you say that to God, we call that pride. And I'd like to focus on pride today because I think it's one of the great, if not the greatest vice. And it really is the heart of all addictions. I am so in control I want it my way. I'm going to do it my way. We're going to build three tents here, Lord. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and we're staying right here. We're not going anywhere. I've got it all under control, Lord. You don't have to worry. I'm in charge. Can you just imagine, Peter? Such a braggart. So proud. Jesus loved him so much. but he's always testing Peter. You love me, Peter, really? There'll come a time when they're gonna take you away to a place you would prefer not to go. Oh no, Lord, I will always do that. No, 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 Peter, you have no idea. Why do you keep trying to control me? Isn't that true in relationships too? Just think about that. People always trying to control you. But then ask yourself, maybe I'm always trying to control people or relationships, expectations. A kind of addiction, a personality disorder of some sort. And in the spiritual life, it's very important to learn over time, which is why we have Lent this time each year for 40 days, 40 nights, to learn again how to let go of our pride. See, pride is what got Satan into trouble in the beginning. He wanted to be God. He wanted to have it all and to do it all and to be it all. He wanted to be God. And he couldn't. So at the moment he tried to control that relationship with God, it all gets messed up and he falls, a fallen creature. 
And what frustrates Satan so much eternally is that he will never be God. And he knows it now. That's worse, isn't it? When you know, and yet you're still trying. We call that insanity. Thinking that the outcome will be different every time I try it, even though I know it's not gonna work. Cray cray, crazy. And so he's always gonna to try to get you and me to say, no, come on, you, you can control it. You're in control. We heard that last Sunday in that gospel about the great temptations, Satan encountering Jesus and says, come on, you, you, you can do this. You can be this. So that's all under the, the vice of pride. And it always gets us into trouble. Politicians, priests, you and I, we know from experience that classic dynamic in all civilizations between hubris, Greek for pride, and then nemesis, the Greek for the fall. Hubris and nemesis. Pride goeth before the fall, we say. So I think Lent is a an incredibly valuable time. The church gives us every year to kind of wake up and say, it's time to check on those persons, places, and things that keep me from knowing, loving, and serving him first. And then I check my control on all that. I'll love you, Lord, as long as. See, that's control. We've conditioned that. Yes, Lord, I'll follow you, but let's build the chapels first, says Peter. Jesus says, no, no, no. Come on, follow me. You've heard from the cloud the voice that said, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Not to yourself. Listen to him first, and then you can listen to yourself or listen to others. But listen to him first. Get that one really good, and then you're on your way. Now, the antidote to pride, I think, is a virtue called humility. Humility is a magnificent, powerful virtue, which the culture says is weakness. No. Humility is real courage. It takes a lot to be humble. It takes a lot. And if God were so proud filled with pride, he would never become a man. He would never take on flesh through a woman. God is God. Eternal, perfect. 
Why, why humble yourself in a manger? Why humble yourself on a cross? Why humble yourself under forms of bread and wine that become his body and blood? Why humble yourself? The world says, no, you got to get ahead. You got to beat these people. You got to show them who's boss. Okay. In the right context, I suppose, but see, when it goes to our head like that, Oh, yeah, I guess I am the boss. I'm your pastor. <laughs> Every pastor makes a big mistake when he thinks I'm in control. Loser. And husbands and wives and mothers and fathers and children and teachers and coaches and up the ladder, across the board, in uniform or out of uniform, on duty, out, off duty, doesn't make any difference when I think that I am so in control or want to be. It's when the Lord lets us know, you're not. And of course, ultimately then, our greatest fear is that sickness. I'm going to die one day. It's what Adam and Eve discovered after original sin. Oh God, I'm naked. I'm not God. I'm corruptible. Oh God, what's going to happen to me? So when I realize I'm not in control, sometimes the first reaction is, oh God, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I can't be in control. That's okay. That's a good thing called awe, to be in awe of God. Wow. That's a check on my pride. And so I learned humility because that's going to be the antidote to that pride that always checks. Number one, I'm not God. Number two, I can't know it all. Three, I can't have it all. And finally, I can't be it all. So don't expect me to. You can't expect me as your pastor to do it all and be it all and have it all. And I can't expect you either. And your relationships lower the bar of expectation because they're not God's. I know that's hard to imagine that your husband or wife is not God. or that your boss, or the US government, or the Pope, is not God. No, one alone is the Lord your God. So Lent is a magnificent time to reset, renew, refresh, and do it again. We begin again. Marvelous. Cardinal Mary Duval was the Secretary of State under Pius X at the turn of the last century, just on the eve of World War I. 
magnificent, brilliant mind. He was pretty much going to be the successor to Pius X. But another cardinal got elected in the conclave. His name was Giacomo della Chiesa from Venice. And so the new pope took the name Benedict XV. And all the cardinals in those days, there probably were about 34 only cardinals. They came and they paid their respects. And the new pope says to this Mary de Val, your eminence, I see that the stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. They were not friends. Cardinals don't like each other sometimes. Imagine that. And Mary Duval responds, completing the psalm beautifully, brilliant. Oh, indeed, your holiness. And it is a marvel in our eyes. And immediately, Mary Duval was exiled from the Vatican and died. But before he died, he wrote a beautiful litany of humility. Humility as the antidote to that pride, because I'm sure it hurt him very much. In fact, he writes his memoirs that everyone was expecting him to be Pope. And that was going to be the track. It didn't happen. And then he was basically humiliated. He writes, O oh Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored and praised, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, from the desire of being consulted, Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised, from the fear of being forgotten. That's a big one. The fear of being forgotten. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed, From the fear of being wronged. From the fear of being suspected. From the fear of being alone. That others may be loved more than I. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be chosen and I set aside. I don't know about that one. Time to let go. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised and I go unnoticed. You can pray that one, I can't. 
but let's try. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may become holier than I, provided that I become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. It's counterintuitive because the world says, no, that humility, that's not going to get you anywhere. But has any of that stuff ever worked for you spiritually? Pride? Anger? Not getting out of life what I want? Jealousy that someone else is getting the job and I didn't? That they make more money than I do? Their career is better than mine? Did that ever work for you? It would never work for Jesus. So, just follow him. Just follow him. Listen to him. He's got an antidote. That humility is very powerful. And it brings you joy, actually. A blessed Lent to all of you.